Lori Hahn reached out to me yesterday. A lot of you know Lori in this part of the world. Lori was a uh, uh, conservative MP for a number of years. He was also a fighter jet pilot for a number of years in the Canadian Air Force. So he's got a unique um, perspective on this F-35 situation. Not only that, he was right there, like literally in the room when this whole thing started back in 2010. So he wanted to come on and talk a bit about the situation. I'm glad he could join us this morning. Uh, Laurie, thanks for your time. Always nice to chat. Yeah, you betcha. I'll try not to wedge you. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're not one of the wedge guys. You've always been pretty good that way. Um, Let's get into this discussion here, because some of the things that were talked about yesterday, let's go back to the beginning, because literally you were there. You were parliamentary secretary to Peter McKay. I mean, so you were probably in the room when all these discussions happened. So take us back to 2010 and how this whole thing got started. Well, first of all, I'll take you back to 1977. I was part of the New Fighter Aircraft Program, and this is a repeat of that 40 years or so later. But in, uh, you know, more recently, in, in 2010, I mean, we had been part of the uh, Joint Strike Fighter program since 1997, uh, which didn't say we were buying the F-35, but we were, we were part of that. And we did a number of studies uh, looking at various options, as did now 18-plus countries, various options. And every single time, the F-35 topped the list in terms of cost, survivability, interoperability, and industrial benefits. So we made the decision to do that uh, sole source, which yep. is allowed, which is allowed under national security exemption. It's, it's not unusual. When there's nothing else that will fit the bill, for instance, the C-17 and the C-130J that we bought was in the same same sort of philosophy. We didn't do you know a quote-unquote open and fair competition in those because there was no other option. One of the problems or one of the challenges with the, the F-35 program in terms of open and fair competition is so much of the information about the F-35 is so highly classified that it just cannot be discussed in public. And that was one of the reasons, it was a false reason, but the Liberals slapped a lifetime non-disclosure agreement on people who were involved in the in the new fighter or next generation fighter program at the time, just so that they would you know not be able to say what actually went on within the program. I wasn't one of those people, yeah. uh, but uh, it certainly was... You know, people said it wasn't open and fair. It, it it was fair. It wasn't as open as people wanted, like I said, because of the extreme classification of the of the information. And as you say, that turned into a huge fight, and uh, and it was all over procurement, not necessarily the, the fighter jet, which led to an election, ultimately, one of the components that led to the non-confidence vote that led to the election. And, uh, and that sort of shelved this entire project. And then 2015 rolls around. And Trudeau completely drives the final nail in saying, we're not going with F-35s, which again goes against the procurement deal, right? I mean, that's not how things are supposed to work either. Well, it's not. I mean, you know, with respect to the position of prime minister, Justin Trudeau had no idea what he was talking about when he said, we'll never buy it because it doesn't work and it, it costs too much. He was wrong on both counts. He's been proven wrong on both counts. But it's max of uh, Jean Chrétien and the H-101 where he made the same, same thing. uninformed uh, mistake, and we went back and eventually bought the EH-101, a version of it. So it's deja vu all over again. So, yeah, okay, so now we've got both parties with, you know, all kinds of issues, controversies, elections, blah, 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 the whole thing, pushing us back many years. Now we get to the point where we are now with the plane. And I know we had some callers yesterday talking about, you know, just the cost of a, a helmet for these fighter pilots is going to be $5 million. And you're saying, no, no, no. We've got some pretty bad information. These planes are not that expensive to operate, right? 
we will buy the airplane for the exact same price the United States Air Force gets it, and that's the provision under the Memorandum of Understanding. And by the way, the helmet doesn't cost five million; it's about four hundred thousand, which is which is pretty damn expensive. It is not five million. So when we talk about the cost of operating these planes, uh, you know, people are saying it's going to be astronomical. Is it as bad? I mean, is, is it going to be a, something that uh, we need to be more aware of? Is it, are we going in blindly here? No, uh, not at all. In fact, is, this is not new money. The acquisition, that's new money. Yeah. But the sustainment, you know, we're sustaining the F-18 fleet now. We'll sustain the F-35 fleet tomorrow. You know, fuel today is, is fuel tomorrow. Pilots today are pilots tomorrow. And the Australians are finding that the for them, because they have F-35s and Super Hornets, the cost of operating the, the F-35 is about the same as operating the Super Hornet. One of the things that people would not understand is that you, they're looking at American numbers on that, and it costs the U.S. forces a lot more to operate an airplane than it does us or the Aussies because they have many more people involved. Yeah. It's not that they're you know, any less capable or so on. It's just we have a different philosophy. We put It takes us fewer people to man, uh, to, to support the airplane, like the Aussies and the Brits. So it's an apples and oranges comparison. Is it expensive? Yes, it is. Is national security important? Yes, it is. Is our responsibility to the rest of the world in things like NATO? Yes, it is. Not not everybody might agree with that, but I, you know, I certainly do. And uh, Canada has a position in the world that we, we frankly need to maintain because we have become irrelevant in the last few years, and uh, we need to we need to get back to some point of relevance. But it's going to take years to do that. Yeah. Yeah, we're coming from a long way back. You're absolutely right. Um, okay, so cost aside, in terms of efficiency, effectiveness, are these the right planes for Canada? Are there better fighter jets out there? Or are we getting the ones that we should be getting? We are getting the ones we should be getting. Every evaluation by, you know, 18-plus countries has come up with the exact same answer in terms of cost, survivability, interoperability, and so on. So this is absolutely the right airplane. Are these airplanes cheap? No, they're not. Nothing, nothing is. But the F-35 is actually is cheaper than Super Hornet. It was cheaper than Gripen. It was certainly cheaper than the Eurofighter. It is the cheapest airplane. It is the only one that is interoperable right now with uh, with our forces, our partners in NORAD and, and our partners in NATO. So it is simply the right answer. Our challenge now is going to be implementation because we have fewer than 50. We have about 50 fighter pilots in the entire RCAF, and we need at least three times that. To you know, keep the existing fleet going while we bring in the new fleet. So it's going to be a huge challenge, and it's going to take years and years to do that. I'm afraid. Okay. So, but I mean, fortunately, we do have years and years. One thing, uh, last thing, and then I want to, uh, I'll let you go, Laurie. I appreciate your time. Um, one of the things I read is, you know, the fact that the the reason, you know, the reality is this took a lot longer than it could have. You know, I think the original estimation was 2016. If we went ahead in 2010, now we're looking at 2026. People are saying, you know what, that 10 years actually might benefit Canada in the long run because a lot of the the bugs and the new discoveries about these aircraft have been worked out now and they're far more maintenance light and more efficient. And a lot of the problems have been worked out already by other other countries. Yeah, and, and, there's, and there's a lot of truth to that. And, and I, I acknowledge that. The other hidden cost, and I just sort of mentioned it, is people. Yeah, pilots and maintainers, to a lesser extent, but certainly pilots have just got have gotten fed up and have left in disgust. Uh, and we can't get those guys off the shelf in Walmart. It takes about three years at least to get a guy to wings graduation, uh, and probably five or six years till a pilot is ready to be a leader on a on a fighter squadron. So you know that's a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of uh, you know, and not being where we should be. So 
there's various ways to look at cost, and, and the, the cost of the, of the jet is cheaper now, that's true, and they've gotten better at maintaining it, and, and we've learned a lot there. But you need to look at the whole the whole picture. So am I glad we did this? Absolutely. It's the right thing to do. It's, you know, it's, it's a little late. We've got some catch-up to do, but yeah. we've got some of the best people in the world involved in doing that, and we will get there. Okay, good to hear. Lori, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Anytime, Shay. Take care. You bet. That's Laurie Hahn, former Conservative MP, former fighter pilot in the Royal Canadian Air Force, uh, giving us some insight into the F-35 and uh, why it's the right way to go.